Well, good evening, everybody. This is Lee Ryder speaking from Chronicle Live on the Everything is Black and White podcast. And I'm going to share with you my thoughts on today's game between Newcastle United and AFC Bournemouth, which ended in a 2-2 draw at St. James's Park in front of a packed house. And yes, I'm going to give you exactly uh, how I feel about this game and what it means to Newcastle United in the context of the remainder of the season and exactly where it's probably going to take them uh, moving forward if they continue playing the way they are at the moment. Uh, Let's start, as always, uh, with a recap of the tale of the tape, if you like, of this game. Um, First half was unconvincing from Newcastle. they did get in the final third a few times and they did create some openings. Uh, but without a recognised striker in the side and playing with Anthony Gordon in that position, uh, it just didn't quite work, did it? Uh, he couldn't get on the end of, of much and Newcastle were left wanting uh, in the final third. In fact, the team that could have scored uh, in the first half was Bournemouth and the same player a player that Newcastle have looked at, a player that they like in Dominic Solanke, uh, twice getting within range of goal uh, and twice denied by two superb saves from Martin Dubravka, uh, who had fans chanting his name in that first half. And really, uh, Bournemouth were the team that went in at the break, uh, disappointed not to be ahead. Now, let's remember, Bournemouth had not won a Premier League game since Boxing Day, um, they are struggling, um, they're in the bottom half of the table. I don't think they're going to get relegated, uh, but I certainly don't think they're going to challenge the European spots either. Um, so this was an opportunity for Newcastle, and at half-time, going in at 0-0, uh, they had the opportunity to win the game in the second half. Uh, the plot did not um, unfold like that. There was a, a couple of twists in it. Um, Solanke... Taking the lead for Bournemouth, um, a strange goal if you look at it back at it. The ball being worked back, uh, Botman playing a pass back to Dubravka, and he took an unfortunate touch. Really slipped, uh, and it was just easy for Solanke to to just steer it home from close range. Easiest goal of his career because it was a complete gift, and that put Bournemouth. 1-0 up, and after that, uh, there was a spirited response from Newcastle. Um, seven minutes later, they won a penalty. Uh, we went through the full repertoire of, of VAR. They were looking for a foul, they were looking for offside, then there was talk of another foul, uh, and eventually uh, Michael Salesbury, the referee, got to the decision, which was to give a penalty to Newcastle. He went over and he had a look at the monitor, uh, and he pointed at the spot, and... Gordon stepped up as the striker on the day and, yep, slammed it home, bottom right-hand corner. Cannot argue with the penalty. 1-1, again, platform is set. The stage is set for Newcastle to go on and win this game. Um, but then, just 11 minutes after that, it was Bournemouth who went back ahead. Uh, Semenyo latching onto a pass from Solanke, who sort of probed it down that left-back position. Uh, if you look back at this goal, 
he was allowed to run and run. Semenyo, uh, Dan Byrne, sort of backing off a little bit. Um, I think he was allowed to take five touches. Uh, he was allowed to advance right to the edge of the penalty area. And even then, um, allowed to take a free shot, which beat Dubravka and went in the bottom corner. So that was hugely disappointing um, from Newcastle's point of view because at that point, you know, Newcastle felt that the game, you know, was slipping away from them, if we're being totally honest. And realistically, Newcastle, can you say it? Can, can, can you say it? Should they be beating Bournemouth at home? Uh, you'd like to think so, uh, given they have had a good spend um, in previous windows. But uh, Newcastle found themselves 2-1 down with uh, 21 minutes to go. It was looking like an uphill task. In fact, Bournemouth looked like they were going to potentially score another and put a lid on it. But thankfully, um, Eddie Howe made a couple of substitutions that really worked in in the favour of United, uh, Matt Ritchie coming on, the 34-year-old, and Joe White, the youngster making his debut, um, getting a chance as well. Uh, he was involved in the equaliser, taking the ball upfield. Um, Bruno whipped it in for Matt Ritchie, and he sort of headed, tried, I think tried to head it across goal. Um, it bounced off uh, the defender, I think it was Lewis Cook, and then uh, Ritchie just slammed home close range, 2-2. Uh, brilliant scenes at that point but there was still a game to be won then because I think there was probably about 8 minutes 8 minutes remaining of stoppage time but Newcastle couldn't find a winner unfortunately it actually again looked like Bournemouth were the most likely team to go on and take the points Uh, and Newcastle sadly uh, could not push on and find that winner to send the fans home happy Ended 2-2, it means Newcastle, as things stand, uh, still sit in that final Europa Conference League place with 37 points from 25 games. But if you look up that table now, um, they are some distance off fourth place, which is 12 points away from Villa, who won at Fulham 2-1. And then even the two Europa League places, Tottenham and Man United, occupying those Spots at the minute, 10 points behind Spurs, 4 points behind Man United who face Luton on the Super Sunday game tomorrow. And nervously, if you look over Newcastle's shoulder, Newcastle on 37 points, West Ham on 36, Brighton on 35 and Wolves also on 35 and Chelsea sort of um, just hanging in there, aren't they? Uh, Drew 1-1 at Man City, huge result for them. Uh, so they're just two points behind Newcastle as well. So, yeah, it's going to be tight. I think even that final Europa Conference League slot is going to be eagerly uh, contested in the Premier League. So my thoughts on the game really today, you know, it is a couple of hours now, well, more than a couple of hours after the game finished and my my feeling is disappointment, Um my feeling is two points dropped because I think this was a game Newcastle needed to win, uh, especially with the Arsenal trip next weekend, which is going to be very difficult. 
against an Arsenal team who are going for the title. Uh, an Arsenal team who have just smashed six past West Ham and five past Burnley. So it's going to be really tough. So I think Newcastle need to get three points today. Uh, would have just steadied the, stabilised things a little bit. Now, you can't be too critical on, on Newcastle really in the last um, few weeks because if you actually look at it, they're unbeaten in the last five games. So that's not the worst run in the world. Uh, it's certainly a good response from the previous run uh, and around Christmas time when they couldn't stop losing. But now they go back on the road for two games away to Arsenal. going to be extremely tough. You wonder what what's going to happen in that game. Uh, nothing's impossible, but it's probably going to be uh, the toughest, certainly the toughest fixture, uh, toughest away fixture of the new year for Newcastle, certainly. And yeah, it's a tough run ahead, really, um, for Newcastle. Arsenal away. And then that FA, decisive FA Cup tie at Blackburn. And then it's uh, improving Wolves at home and then Chelsea away on a Monday night football. So, yeah, difficult, difficult times uh, for Newcastle. And that game against Bournemouth today, really, they needed to win. Now, the manner of the performance, he can't argue with the way Newcastle keep fighting back. They did it against Luton. They did it against Nottingham Forest. And they did it uh, against Bournemouth again today, but they just keep conceding uh, silly goals, preventable goals. And for Eddie Howe, uh, who prided himself last season on uh, keeping it tight and clean sheets were Newcastle's thing. They've now conceded 41 goals this season and... While the goal difference is in the positive um, area, mainly because of that 8 0 win against Sheffield United earlier in the season, 41 goals conceded is it's quite a lot. Uh, you look down the table, and there's a lot of the strugglers are in the 40s as well. Um, it's not, it doesn't look good for Newcastle. Nick Pope has been a big miss, as well as Dubravka has done. Newcastle's whole style of play, I think, revolves around Nick Pope. And they missed him badly, and his absence has coincided with them dropping down the table, dropping out of Champions League contention, dropping out of the Champions League. Um, it's been it's been a tough old season. Uh, a couple of people I've spoke to today saying that you know it's one where they feel they can't wait for the season to be over. But I think that's a little bit dramatic. Um, from some people because we do still have the FA Cup and Newcastle have still got a lot of play for in the league. They just need to, to get their act together, really. Um, lack of a striker a day, big factor. Anthony Gordon did okay, I suppose. Um, got into positions, but just couldn't finish them. I think the best chance of, of all was when he kind of went sort of clean through uh, and Neto kind of just read the situation and smothered the ball, took it away from his feet. It was a difficult moment for, for him. Um, but overall, after a £400 million spend, the fact Newcastle can't get a, 
uh, fifth centre forward on the pitch is it's it's got to be a cause for concern. It has it has to be. You know, Eddie was asked about this in in the summer on pre season in in America. You know, you've only got two two centre forwards, and if both of them get injured, which is exactly what's happened, um, you're going to be in trouble, and that's probably where Newcastle feel the minute. But I suppose you could look at the the goal scoring column. Uh, Newcastle have scored fifty three. It's more than Spurs. It's more than Villa. So it's not like they're struggling for goals, but what they are struggling for is when they do create key situations in key games uh, and they don't have the personnel, then it's costing them victories as it did against Luton, as it did today and as it may well do in in future games um, before now and the end of the season. So extremely difficult for Newcastle fans to sort of look at that because in- inevitably... Uh, they know that moving forward against the likes of Arsenal uh, away at Chelsea, that you know that it could cost them dear. So a tough, a tough sort of lesson really for Newcastle um, in the transfer window. We know in the last window they couldn't do a lot about the fact that they were bound by FFP rules. But in the summer, that was the chance really to to bring in a striker, and they, they they didn't do it. They felt that Anthony Gordon could could do the job in this situation, and yeah, as I say, while he hasn't done badly, um, those key situations, key moments in games, you need key personnel. Newcastle don't have them. More worryingly, there's nobody coming through the reserves uh, that would you know potentially fit the bill. And Newcastle now um, move on this tough game away to Arsenal with a bit of uncertainty looming in the air, and I think that was a it was a factor in the build up to this game. It really was uh, for me. The Dan Ashworth situation at Man United it needs to be resolved one way or the other. It's it's obviously caused Eddie Howe. You know, his press conference on Friday, I, I don't know if he had to be in the room or not. I don't know if you watch back and you listen to his answers. But he was not satisfied with the the situation where you've got someone in such an important position linked with Man United. Manchester United journalists getting briefed that Ashworth is wanted and, you know, Man United won't mess about. They'll wait. They'll wait for him until the right moment to get him. But during that wait, Newcastle United uh, will have to have Dan Ashworth on board. And if he is, if the long-term plan is for him to go there, I, I personally don't think it's fair that Newcastle have got a, a, a potential rival uh, behind the scenes. I, I, I don't think that, that works. And Eddie Howe, you know, he said it himself. He said it himself on Friday. He said, I share those concerns. So that's the head coach of a massive football club at Newcastle saying that. And then a day later, Dan Ashworth is in the stands watching on. So for me, it's 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 crazy uh, in many ways. I think it needs to be resolved one way or the other either. And look, if Dan Ashworth is going to stay here and he's committed to Newcastle United, then now's the time to, 
to kind of communicate that to the supporters. If he's not, then I don't see how he can really realistically remain behind the scenes while a move to Man United's being processed because he's just privy to so much information. Uh, it will potentially get other staff members up a height. It's a, it's a very, very strange situation. Uh, Eddie Howe said it himself. He said it was unusual. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, have you seen anything like that watching Newcastle United over the years? It is a very, very strange situation and one that you just get the feeling that Eddie Howe, you know, he's not going to appreciate being asked about this every week. Um, he doesn't want it to sort of continue going in the next few weeks, uh, especially with so many important games coming up. So one, um, that Newcastle will be keen to use the early part of the week, maybe to just to uh, clarify where everybody stands and uh, Newcastle must try and put that behind them. I do think it had some kind of factor on it today. Look, I don't think it's the reason why Newcastle didn't win the game. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that what I'm saying is is that it probably didn't help the situation. It didn't. It certainly didn't help Eddie Howe's build-up. If he walked into that press conference on Friday morning and he wanted to set a nice positive tone uh, for that game, um, he was unable to because he was inevitably, whether it was by me or other journalists or by Sky Sports or BBC, I think every news organisation asked a question about Dan Ashworth. Uh, and he knows that he has to, he's got, he's got to really, you know, give some responses to, to those questions because clearly um, that's what was on the agenda. So, yeah, didn't really help matters today. Hopefully things can be a bit better uh, next week.